All right, I'm going to get right to it. Corbin Burns reported, pitcher gets reported yesterday. And guess who was not happy with how it all unfolded, the arbitration process? Can you guys take a, take a guess? Everybody but the Brewers. The Brewers have, the players have their enemy. It's the Brewers. Yeah. They're going to come together and win it despite the organization, the organization. is like the Herb Brooks of this thing. <laughs> it's like Major League, dude. Maybe Mark, flip it on his head. Maybe Mark Adonazio is trying to tear it all down so we can relocate and sell and relocate the team. Or maybe he's looking to spend a lot less money so there's more cash in there so he can get more for selling the team and then let somebody else deal with restocking the roster. I'm telling you, like Rachel Phelps in Major League, we need to start the season in the clubhouse. There's already a, a team in Miami. A Mark, you can't move there. Yeah, Mark Adonazio, <laughs> cardboard cutout. But someone said you don't want to you don't want to take clothing off you want to put it on so we're gonna start with a naked cutout make and, it, make and then a, put make him look like Kenny for every every win you put clothes on that way it inspires everyone to win more all right I'm gonna play the Corbin Burns comments Rowdy I know you heard it uh, earlier RJ you've heard it I'm gonna play it again yeah. though if people haven't uh, it's about a minute forty and then we'll open the phone lines and react Corbin Burns talks about he he tries to say the right things. He's like, you can tell he's really watching his words. Then Adam McKelvey asks him a question, and then he really opens the door a little more and peels back the layers of onion here. All right, take a listen. Here's Burns. At the hearing, flew in the night before. Um, had the hearing all day. Tuesday, um, spent Valentine's Day on a plane. Um, got home at you know, 10, 11 o'clock and, and got to see my wife before she fell asleep. So that was kind of how the Valentine's Day went. So that was that was fun. But, um, you know, like I say, you, you kind of find out your true value. Um you think you you work hard for seven years in the organization and five years with the with the big league team, and um, you get in there and basically they, they value you much different than what you thought you you contributed to the organization. Um, and it's just you know it's obviously it's tough to hear, it's tough to take, but you know they're trying to do what they can to win a hearing. Um, but I think there was obviously other ways that they, they could have gone about it, um, and um, uh, probably been a little more respectful with the, with the way they went about it. But um, you know at, at the end of the day, here we are. Um, you know, they, they obviously they won it, um, but it, it, when it came down to, to winning or losing the hearing, it was, it was more than that for me. Corbin, this is everyone's fear for a player, especially a star player, going to a hearing that it creates just some maybe. This is everyone's fear, McKelvey says, except for the Brewers organization. Not bad blood, but just some hard feelings that weren't there before. Um, how, how do you guys repair that? Yeah, I mean, there's there, there's no denying that the relationship is definitely definitely hurt from. Um, you know, what what perspired over the last couple of weeks? Um, yeah, there's, there's there's really no way of getting around that. Um, obviously, we're, we're we're professionals, and we're going to go out there and, and do our job, and you know, I'm gonna keep giving what I can every fight, every fifth day that I go out there. You're listening to this, part. but um, you know, with some of the things that are said, that um, you know, for instance, basically basically put me in the forefront of, of the reason why we didn't make the postseason last year. I mean, that's something that Oof. probably doesn't need to be said. You, wow. know, you can go go about a hearing without having to do that. Um, so that's kind of one of those things that, you know, obviously, you know, they, there was no attacking of, of character, of, you know, person of who I was, but, um, yeah, but you, just the, just the some of the stuff that was said that you know definitely didn't need to be um, said is, is, is something that you know, I think kind of disappointed everyone. Hey, we're not going to attack your character, but you're the reason why we didn't make the postseason. You're you're a great guy, so uh, we love you. You're the best. But man, the did reason you, we didn't make the but playoffs. man, did you really f us at the end there, didn't you? Not the fact that well, we gave up halfway. Yeah, through the it's season, not that we traded away Josh or Hader. We, we never brought in the bats to be competitive on the yeah. offensive side of the ball, uh, and not the fact that you were in the tops in a lot of categories in the major leagues. Yeah. 
you listen, you did this. Listen, I know you had a career best 33 starts and you led the NL in strikeouts, uh, but you really screwed us, dude. You, you're the one that effed us over. Obviously, in a case like this, the team gets to present their case. Yeah. Corbin Burns gets to present his case. If the team leads and says that to the arbiters, I'd love it if I was Corbin Burns. I'd rival and I would be so pumped to come out and just attack like the team. Man coming home. Like, just, oh, all of the t- I I would go and specifically grab every single start Steve Austin. Oh, yeah. from the past couple of years that they took me out when I had a no hitter, or I had a shutout or I had something big going and be like, well, you took me out of this. Yeah. That's going to F with my money. You took all me right. out of this. We I got, didn't get my stats here. We got our guy Dave. Oh, I would just Sorry, start throwing. <laughs> Missed out on a third of an inning to qualify for yeah, Cy Young. The I would year just before. start throwing out every single. And because you're a pitcher, you have less opportunities to go out there. Like, if you get a full amount of at bats per year, you get about 600 if you played every game or yep. roughly every game yep. as a as a big league hitter. That's a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. As a starting pitcher, if you stay 100% healthy and you you take the ball every five days, you only get 32 to 35 starts depending on how they work the schedule yep. and stuff. That's a lot less. That's a lot less of opportunities where it's a lot easier to remember 30 different incidences yeah, right. than 600. Right. All right, let's, uh, let's go <laughs> to it. I would have so much fun if I was Corbin Birds. They would never yeah. want me back. He did not have much fun at all. He's like, even my Valentine's Day was ruined. All right. So, so the hearing was Monday. He was traveling all day Tuesday, then finds out on Wednesday. He, well, he was in. The, he was there. Right. Yeah. But he said, I was in the here with the hearing on Monday yeah. was flying all day Tuesday. Didn't yeah. get home until late, but I got to see my wife. Before so that she went was to bed. my Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah. All of my anger. Wednesday just gets all of my on. anger from all the years, from all the times they pulled me out or didn't let me. Uh, continue to pitch or they put the clamps down on me would come out in that hearing. It would be balls to the wall. And we would know right there if they did not, if they did not lighten up or give me something, (laughs) I'm not going to be wearing this jersey. They're like Corbin Burns is a pitcher. If Rowdy's Corbin Burns, well, we know he's a pitcher. Why is he bringing out a bat right now in this meeting? Oh no. You go Chris sale and start cutting up all the jerseys. Rowdy would would take a bat. if, If they really did truly say to my face, I'm the reason we didn't make the postseason, and I'm Corbin Burns, and I know what I did, Why and I I know how me? I've done the last three years for this you team, and swing I know where better, I'm at. Better swing. They will know leaving that meeting when I did not get my money that I will not be a Brewer when this contract is over. Why could you put sugar you in just, there? We'll see you later. Would you put sugar in their gas tanks? Is that how they would know? <laughs> the the, the, wind, would the windshield this, would be bashed with the bat you had with you. This marriage <laughs> is over. Is over. All right, let's go to the phones. All right, guys, Steve, what's up, Steve? Good morning, guys. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Uh, there's there's something going on with this team, and I don't know if it's uh, Anastasio looking to sell, position to sell, or whatever. But you don't you don't piss off your major agent. The only thing it could do it might motivate him this year because he's he's going to play for his next. Yeah, it's a, nice ma- a major deal. With someone else. Um, <laughs> that might work, but he doesn't have a future. And if you look at it, they did the same thing to Hauser last year. Woodruff is on a one-year deal. Um, Willie Adamas, who they claim to love, they have, didn't even talk to him. They asked him, I don't know, I, I heard this a few weeks ago. Yeah. They asked him about how, how about his contract situation. He says, I don't know, they haven't even talked to me. So 
you know, there, there's something going on. Maybe Woodruff, because he doesn't hit 220 like the rest of the hit, hitters <laughs> on that team, doesn't fit in or something. But there is something going on. And, you know, Anastasio bought into a, a, an English pro. Yeah, yeah, he's got a professional soccer, soccer team. Nor- yeah. Norwich City. Norwich City. I don't good, know. Good luck to their fan base. Yeah, but I, so there's something going on in 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 that regard. But I'll tell you, I got a personal beef with the Brewers during the COVID year. Yeah. I had before before Uh-oh. everything was locked down. Uh-oh. I bought t- tickets for the um, Brewers and Cubs, so it's a premium game, and yeah. I bought the premium parking and everything, and it was close to three hundred bucks. Um, and we didn't use it. Of course, they didn't play the game. Yeah, how could and you? And so I had a. You have to. You have to use the major league app now. You know they have the tickets in the app, yeah, yeah. and I, we're going out to spring training, and and uh, I, I in Arizona, we're we're, going, we're visiting Arizona. I'm going to the spring tra- training game, so I buy tickets in the app, and I notice my credit is not sitting in there anymore. Uh oh, uh oh. They they so I called the Brewers, it? and they said I called the Brewers, and they said, oh no, you had to use that by the end of last year. It's, it's basically gone. I said what? I said you're. You took three hundred dollars of my money for nothing, and you're giving me nothing. You're, and you're going to have empty seats in you that get, stadium for many games. You get you're, nothing. I get nothing. Here's a hat. And then, but thanks very much for buying those spring training tickets. Oh, too. well, actually, Steve, you would have got something last year. It would have been a six dollar voucher Ooh, yeah. if you went to a game. There so you, you missed the boat on that one, buddy. Ah, uh, so <laughs> I, that's how pe- that's how petty they become. Wow. And and uh, so I. I don't. I don't know what to say. I. I. I have a feeling, Bre- Steve, is if the Brewers come out and it just feels like it's a little off with the roster and some of the players that are some of the good players, like Corbin Burns or Eric Lauer's mentioned it or Devin Williams, where they really have a lack of the end of the bullpen right now outside of him. If they come out and struggle a little bit, and we get to June and this team is maybe slightly below five hundred. I hope people don't go out to the ballpark. I hope they kind of treat them like they did in September last year, where it was like five to 10,000 people there. Well, Steve, or they might do this. You need to look at your credit card statement very carefully. They might steal another $300 without asking. Oh. So just be careful. Can you, can you imagine the gall though of, <laughs> of meeting fans of, of saying your $300 is more, we'll, we'll take that today and we'll, we'll, we'll forfeit any app, any chance hey, you'll ever. Well, if it makes you feel any ticket. better by proxy, you have a tiny percentage of a stake in an English uh, soccer team. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and I, I don't know what the, I, I just really don't know what, what they're doing. I don't know what uh, to, what yeah. to, what to say. It's, it's, it's general, uh, it's confusion. It's, it's Mystifying to me. Yeah. How about and uh, go to quick another thing? I know it's not on topic, maybe, but how about the, how about the Bucks are really on a roll? Twelve in a row. Go, Twelve in a row. Going to the also break. Hey, Steve, we got a guest coming up. I have one more call. Uh, much love, brother. We'll talk Bucks coming up though. Okay. All right. Have a good day. Have a good weekend. See you, buddy. You too, Steve. All right. Uh, line two. Good morning. Who's this? Like you guys put out the match signal in the morning when you start talking about this. Oh yeah, Corey. Oh yeah, Corey. So I'm going to try to keep my cool this time versus earlier this week. Oh, I loved your phone call when you were screaming last week. It was but, awesome. <laughs> well, you know, it's Friday, so we got to just slide into the weekend. But I tell you. Yell into the weekend. Listen, yell, yell into the listening, listening to these, like, anecdotes about this and then getting the direct quotes from Corbin Burns. That's a very interesting take of the Brewers that he's the reason why they missed the playoffs. Right. That's a that's a very interesting concept. I'll say that much. It's not the terrible, play, not the terrible hitting, not the below average fielding, not the penny pinching of that cheap ass owner we got, not the over managing by the manager of 
you know, using his bullpen, not the stupid trade of their best player at the end of July. Yeah. No, no, no. Nope. It's the one guy that's won you to Cy Young in the past for forever since I've been a fan, and that's a long time. Yeah. I have a feeling, you know, Rowdy, I'm kind of in the same vein as you are in this. And good morning, RJ, as well. <laughs> morning. You're going to the hockey game this weekend. <laughs> well, that, hopefully they can get another win on a Saturday. Hey, that'd be great. So, I have a feeling they're really getting ready to tank this team oh. and trade these guys off by trading deadline and kind of rip it all down. They're just not telling us that. But I tend to go by, again, looking what the actions are versus what they say. Yeah. And their actions don't describe a team that's really serious about being serious as an organization. And, you know, Grant said that in the past, and I completely agree. This is an unserious team led by an unserious man. And he's more interested, frankly, in stealing our money like the last caller. Oh, poor Steve. Legitimately just stole his money out of his wallet. He's more interested in stealing our money than he is in putting a competitive baseball team on the field. If he wants to sell a team, feel free to do so. He can go get wrecked. I don't care. But let's be honest. I mean, we all, we can all see what's going on here. It's not and good. The, what's ridiculous is when I hear the Brewers fans still trying to defend that team. Get rid of the Stockholm Syndrome, guys. Hey. Stop identifying with your hostage taker. Because that's what he's doing. <laughs> yes, Corey. Yes, Corey. Corey. I've been telling everyone I was on vacation last week. Uh, I've missed all the listeners dearly, and I've missed all the guests dearly. Uh, our guy Dave Essler, pregame.com, a beautiful mind, one of the greatest gamblers to ever exist. Dave, as I was on the Tulum Beach sunning my balls, I thought about you, buddy. Just want to let you know, okay? I don't know if that's a good thing or not. It's a great thing, Dave. It was, it was, it was beautiful. So, Dave, this just <laughs> well, I mean, it would have been a great thing if you didn't. If you didn't add in sunning my balls. I'm well, I mean, this, I got to take advantage of the sun when I can, Dave. I understand. It's cloudy and snowy I here don't know in if I believe him, Dave, because he was having a conversation with a listener or a caller earlier this week, and he was like, yeah, I was tanning the whole week leading up. And for the guy that spends four hours, and if you count off the air, you know, six-ish hours a day right next to him, I never noticed that he was tanning at all. Dave, I, I don't notice a tan coming back. It's because I don't have my balls out. Dave, it's the tannest I've ever been in my whole life. It's just, it's just not, you can't notice it, though. Dave, are you still there? Um, Hello, Dave? Hello? Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. okay. I just want to see how this, I want to see how it plays out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Dave, I'm just trying to say I missed you. All right. Hey, it's your show. You can do whatever you need. All right, Dave. Dave, all right, let's get this on track here. Um, everything go, Rowdy, you guys, and then Ben treat you good last week? Everything cool? I heard you got north. Um, I got texts when I did have service that you were all over Northwestern to beat Purdue. Well done, Dave. Well done. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm quitting while I'm ahead. Well, uh, well, quit after seven fifty something today, okay? Because I got to ask you some bets. What do you got cooking now that like there's? I mean, what's going on? What is Dave Essler betting on right now? Like, what's he making money on? Well, today is only college basketball. I mean. um, yeah, NBA is on an all-star break, obviously. So, yeah. if you really want to bet today, you're betting on college basketball. Did, did Rowdy and tell you what he took? No, Rowdy. I'm going out west to the Mountain West. I took Wyoming yeah. minus four and a half over Air Force. Um, 
Wyoming at home is never a bad bet because they got a huge advantage. Um, usually altitude wise, they're actually higher than Denver, but um, Air Force has got the same thing or close to it, so it's not as big of an advantage. Let me let me see that game. And I think it's going to be. I think he might be right, um, but I'm going to bet that. Uh, that game is pretty boring to watch, and I'm really glad you're an hour earlier so you can spend your time watching it because I'm, I'm not sure I would do that. I did I, mean, I did note when I gave it out that this would be appointment watching yeah, yeah. at 9 o'clock tonight on a Friday. Yeah, I mean, Air Force basically walks the ball up, and Wyoming isn't much faster. The only thing I don't like about Wyoming is their defense is pretty pathetic. I mean, they're, they're like 312th in the nation. In, in lots of categories I'm looking at here. And, uh, you know, if I was on the road, I would be all over Air Force at home. I, you know, it's possible. It's one of those things I wouldn't touch with your money. I mean, they're, they're probably fat and happy because they just beat New Mexico on the road. Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess I'll have to agree with you in theory. Oh, in theory. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like that. <laughs> well, what do you like, Dave? Like you said college, like what's on Dave Essler's radar? Um, I like San Jose State mm. over New Mexico tonight, and one of the reasons I do, I mean, San Jose State just beat UNLV in Utah, and UNLV was on the road, and they got a big payback thing, because last time they played New Mexico, they got spanked by 20, and in college basketball, that does mean a big deal to me. I mean, I know New Mexico is Rick Pitino, but... um uh, San Jose State's one of those teams that basically walks the ball up the court. I mean, they're like 348th in pace. Oh, like the Badgers. 351 or two. Yeah, they're probably exactly. And uh, I think at home they will dictate uh, the, the pace, and, and Patino's up-tempo thing won't work as well as it might somewhere else. So I will, I will put Rowdy's money on San Jose State. Uh, the Spartans over the Lobos. So, Dave. How'd, the, uh, how'd everything in the, um, before you get a little golf, how'd everything in the Super Bowl in your betting go for you, my man? Um, not ideal. <laughs> um, you know, I think I split my props pretty well. Yeah. Um, but I had, the, I had the under, and that just didn't happen. Ooh, yeah, that was, yeah, that didn't really work out. Mm. Yeah, we had two I, tough I, beats that kind of swung our winning Super Bowl to a losing Super Bowl on the props, and it was the longest punt where Kansas city let the ball bounce and it took a nice Eagles hop. And then the other one was, I believe it was Jarek McKinnon who got down on the one yard line for a bigger second half than a first half, but the touchdown would have put us over Oh, he, for the yeah. for a higher scoring second half. Yeah. There's no such thing in, in gambling as, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, buts. No butts you know, in gambling, but, right? But but if or you know if only, I yeah. mean it, you, it's it's black or white here, buddy. Yeah, there's no close, right? That's only horseshoes and hand grenades, you know. So, you got that. You got that right, man. Oh man. So, Mister Essler, Rowdy yeah. over here, he picked Max Homa to uh, was it finish top? Yeah, top twenty was the pick, and said sprinkle on some to win. Guess he had a pretty good round, but you had him as a first round leader. Oh, David. I did, David. I did. You guys are are killing your golf stuff. Rowdy's uh, Max Holmes has been very kind to us as well. Do you have anything on Tiger Woods at all? You fading him? No, or just staying I, away. I, I, bet it, 
I, I put a little bit on him not to make the cut. Yeah. You know, it looks like he might not. I was, you know, everybody's all excited about a minus two yesterday. And, you know, you got to remember he's not 100%. And I think the wear and tear day after day would probably um, get him down. I mean, it's not unexpected, I think, that he would do okay early. We'll see what happens. And, Dave, before I let you go, um, I have to ask. Aaron Rodgers in four days of darkness coming up here. He said at the end of the week, it's the end of the week. Would Dave Esler ever get into a room for four days and just completely shut himself off from the world and gambling to uh, have some kind of spiritual journey or, or what Dave? Well, you, you, you had to add in the end, you know, by himself, that it would depend if I was by myself, the answer would be no. If it was with the person of my choosing, um, I might say, absolutely. <laughs> Can I, I'm inclined to ask, who would be the person of your choosing? Well, let me see if my wife's up yet. <laughs> um, you sure? Four days? Same room? Yeah, Darkness? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What the hell? I mean, you know what I mean? I can't sun my balls. Yeah, There's no sun. From, from, from what I hear... The lack of your tan would probably diminish the darkness. I am like a nightlight. That is correct. It's, it, I glow yeah. bright in the dark, Dave. You're correct. Hey, Dave, it snowed a bunch yesterday. Um, the sun is kind of out today, but we, we're experiencing snow again. What's the, the weather like in Florida, and will you be golfing today? No, I golfed yesterday. You SOB. Not today. How'd you do? Um, yeah, I could have done worse. Um, well, when you were golfing, I was shoveling, so there's that. Sorry. Hey, I do like do... your badges. I, think, I do think Wisconsin beats Rutgers tomorrow. Yeah, my man Esler. We do have a golf simulator that we're getting ready for. Oh, yeah, March 11th, Dave. You want to come? I'll give you free All golf. Right. You just got to buy the flight. All right. All right. We'll give you the details. I'll DM to you. Mark, if, if it pictures yeah. me on the beach. Um, you let me know. Yeah, coming up. Let me know when you want me. March 11th, I want you, Dave. Tell you. This year, like in two, three weeks? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I'll I'll DM you. I'll DM you, okay? We'll work it out. It goes down in the DMs. We'll work it out. Hit me up, brother. (laughs) Dave, we love you. Pregame.com, Dave underscore Esler, Twitter. I missed you, Dave. Good to be back. Uh, Missed you, too. You guys have a great weekend. See you, buddy. Smooches. You think he's coming? No. I don't think he is either. Uh, Rowdy's got a theory on the Brewers. I don't think you said we're probably not going to like it, right, Rowdy? Yeah, because when you hear people saying, oh, well, you know, maybe he's saving money to sell the team. Oh, maybe he is. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But as of right now, he's still the owner, and these are the actions that they're taking. Now, some people think, well, maybe they're actually just they don't think they can win with this team. They're ready to wash their hands of it. They're ready to to strip this thing down. Move on. Now, after what they did last year and how this season seems like it's starting with, you know, the pissing off of Corbin Burns and yeah. maybe some of the question marks on the roster, like in right field or the back end of the bullpen or second base, whatever. So pissing off the whole fan base. Yeah, all all of this, a lot of bad PR for the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, if they did strip it all down, I I could actually buy that. Uh-uh. I, I could buy them saying, we are going to strip it down. If 
they really do strip it down. I'm talking like early 2010s Houston Astros where we're winning like 40, 50, maybe 60 games a year for like three or four years in a row while you build up your international signings, which they've been pretty good at when they build up some of their draft picks, which since David Stern took took over, they've been pretty good at, but you have to do it. You have to commit to saying, Hey, we are going to absolutely suck for like three or four years to build it, build up all of this draft capital, build up all of our international signing capital, build some of our payroll back up as we get rid of shed some of these contracts as we still have to pay out Ryan Braun. We still have to pay out uh, so you're talking about going to Lorenzo like Kane. Leanest I'm, years match. Yeah, I'm talking about becoming the 90s Brewers like we're gonna again. Be, are we going to be eating lentils and beans and rice for three for a or four years. years? While at the same time, if you can get rid of a player that is worth anything, you get rid of them. Man. Like a Rowdy Telez would be gone. A Willie Adamas would be gone. You'd do anything possible to get rid of a Christian Yelich in that contract. Like I'm talking about stripping it all down to literally young players on the first year or their, their first contract quadruple a players and guys that should probably still be in triple a. That's the team you're rolling out for three or four years. That's called stripping it down will, and really trying to build up. Will attendance be 15 or better? That's where you get into it because the Milwaukee Brewers Basically, since Mark Ananasio took over, they have been top half of the league anywhere from like 15 to eighth in in attendance, even though it's one of the smallest markets in baseball. And we know that Milwaukee Brewer fans are big time fans. They always go out. They always support big partiers. Got to support the team. I'm going to get drunk in the parking lot. My biggest concern is that they never fully strip it all down because they remember what they feigned doing that like a couple years ago well, and think about it in 2017 they were supposed to be a terrible team but yeah. they had Orlando Arcia was coming up Shaw was unproven like there was some pieces there and then all of a sudden 2017 there it came down to the last game where they missed the playoffs had a huge year and then go into that next offseason is when they signed Lorenzo Kane. They traded for Christian Yelich. But the pitching was still pretty much a question mark. You had some of your big offseason moves was like Jolice Chassin, yeah. who I thought was going to be decent. He like, he'd be like He'd be like your fourth starter. He had a good year. He was the opening, remember, he was the opening day starter. You had the second year. You had in 2017, remember. Which didn't go well for him. Before September, you had Jimmy Nelson, who looked like he was coming of an becoming of an ace. Mm-hmm. You had Chase Anderson, who had his best career year and was just shut down. Yeah. Like, it was like, okay, well, we're going to get Jimmy Nelson back. He's going to be the ace. Chase Anderson looks like he's going to compete to be an ace because those guys were both in their primes and only getting better on the upswing. You signed Jolice Chassin, who was like a guy that keeps the ball on the ground. Like, hey, he could be a, hey, he a decent a, he a fourth starter. Year. Remember Zach Davies in 2017 won like, was it 17, 17 games? Yeah, he won 17 games. You're looking at it going, okay, okay, we got pieces here. They made those trades, and the team takes off. Mm-hmm. Not to mention that Brandon Woodruff became a thing from the minor leagues. Yeah. It, they never fully stripped it down and became brutally bad. No, it, it was like, hey, it got him into the golden age. We're right yeah. now. Well, they never truly did that. But if you ride this thing out into into the the window that they have, this is the last year of that window. The windows 2024. Everyone's going to get sold. So would I be OK with it? Yes. But I don't 
actually would, believe that the front office and Mark Ananasio himself no. would actually well, like okay. That, you know why? A it's, complete because that's because the, they like that little that little. Are we good or are we bad? They like that little gray area, so they maybe can sneak into the playoffs, sell some more tickets, sell some more merchandise, and then say, "Hey, we tried." Well, that's where I was going. Mark Ananasio never ever wants to win less than 70 games ever again. Mark Ananasio and the Brewers clearly didn't want to win a hundred games in 2021 when they coasted and ended up winning 95 and not even getting the best franchise mark, which is 96 when they pulled off the gas the last three weeks of the season yeah. came in cold and it cost them. Mark Ananasio's wet dream is winning 80 <laughs> to 90 games a year being right in there in the upper eighties where you can say you're still in contention for the division but you're still in the thick of things in the, in the division and making it in as a wild yeah, card. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. And you're still putting butts in seats because you're competitive. Yeah, like oh, you leave the fan base dreaming. Like, what if we capture the lightning? In and the then here? that's that's the thing, though. They'll spend a little bit here and there, like they did in nineteen and, and twenty, Just to or show eighteen and nineteen, will. to show that they they're trying to be competitive to keep it around that eighty-eight it. to ninety wins. They can spin it. But then in the down years. The down years, they'll fork out a little extra money to find a player that's decent or a couple players that are decent so that they can stay relevant in that 84 to 86 wins where it's like, hey, you gotta, you got to follow us all season. Yeah. got to follow us all season because it's going to come down to the last week or so. Come on And in. we're going to get all the people out. Everyone's still going to want to party. But he would love to be in that 80 to 90 yeah, totally. where he's still collecting tickets and money. People are still coming out to the ballpark. They can still sell the fact that the team is fringe playoff or fringe division even though they're not seriously a World Series contender. They're not super serial. They're just kind of serial. There's only been two times in my life that I thought the Milwaukee Brewers could actually win a World Series. It was 11. They ran into David Fries and the Cardinals, yep. who won. And 2021, where they took the foot off the gas, and they Posted lost. In, and and then, the Braves that beat them ended up winning. Yep. But the reason why... You look at it in 2019 out of all those years, 2018 was the farthest that they ever came, right? Mm-hmm. It, since 1982. Yeah, one game away from the World one Series. One game away from the World Series. That team, the next year for 2019, they spent the most they ever had on a roster. It was roughly $137 million. Yep. That's in 2019. Mm-hmm. In 2019, the highest payrolls in baseball were 213 plus million, 208 plus million, 206 plus million. There were three teams that were over $200 million in payroll. And again, 213 was the highest. This was 2019. The Brewers were at 136, 137. What are the Mets Since since then, those numbers and payrolls of teams over 200 million, not counting 2020, because remember, that was only roughly a third of the year, so everything went down. But since then, in 2021, 22, and now 23, that's only increased with teams spending money and being over two hundred million. Well, aren't the Mets over, over three hundred million? Aren't the Mets over three hundred million? Yeah, the Mets are over three hundred million. Yeah. You have the Dodgers who have been over three hundred yeah, million. The Yankees. But the projected payrolls, just strictly payrolls, not all the other, uh, just your top twenty six <laughs> contracts. There are six teams projected to be over two hundred million dollars. There was just three teams <laughs> in twenty nineteen when the Brewers had their highest spending. Now the Brewers are projected right now for their payroll to be at a, about a hundred and six with strictly just Oof. payroll. 
But I can tell you for a fact, since I keep this on my phone. Yeah, Rowdy keeps a running tally. The Brewers' salary in 2017 for their payroll was $69 million. That nice. ballooned with the signing of Lorenzo Kane and Yelich to $109 million. Then remember, they traded or they traded for Mustakas in 18, re-signed him, re-signed Yasmani Grandal, yeah. re-signed some guys in the bullpen, $136 million. 2020, throw it out because it was all it just, two months. Yeah, yeah. But 2021, they went down to $109 million. Last year was $130 million. They have been less since 2019 when they really opened up that wallet, even though outside of 2020, all of the other major league teams are spending more and more and more are being true contenders. Yep. And yet we were told this is their window. Yeah. Like this is the last year of that window. Yeah. They should have been. This is a window that's open in an old dilapidated house. That's outdated. That needs remodeling, but it will never, when they spent 136, 37 million, I was doing some math looking around and I figured, you know what? At that time I thought the Brewers, maybe they could max out on 150 million. Well, I'm looking around major league baseball and I'm looking at the payrolls now today. And I really don't think you're a serious team. If you're truly trying to win and, and put your best feet forward, unless you're spending 150 to 170 million on payroll, look at all the teams that are spending that or more. Well, those ser- are the only teams that are serious with really good players that are trying to surround themselves. The, the Brewers are serious about trying to get a sneak into a wild. That's card. what I'm saying. The Brewers with how they spend and where they're at, even though we're in this quote unquote golden age in this window, they're serious about winning 88 games yeah. and being relevant in the division and being relevant in a wild card and putting butts in the seats. And they're not about truly being World Series contenders. So what do I expect on a good year? This year, they win 90. And this is a good year. They win 90 games. Maybe they win the division. Maybe not 50-50. They go to the playoffs, get bounced in the first round by a better team that spent money. It's very frustrating. It is. It is. Well, look at Corbin Burns. I mean, the frustration's right there on his face. But I'm the told by a lot of Brewer, you know, Brewer fans, I'm told by beat writers, and I'm told by, you know, the upper execs of the Brewers that I should basically smile, be happy, eat the crap, and enjoy it. Yeah, because you got baseball in Milwaukee. But you know how you know it's bad? Is when all this Corbin Burns stuff is coming out, and really none of the beat writers are defending it. They're just quiet about it. Like the Milwaukee Brewers front office should have been quiet about it instead of continuing so, to put out statement after statement. You're just making yourself look worse. It's bad right now, and you know what? It's really bad when they start trotting Hank the dog out again. Once Hank the dog comes out, it's game over, folks. The couple were flow today, Rowdy. Breaking news: We don't go live to the guy sitting right across the desk from me, Rowdy. Live from Madison, Wisconsin. (laughs) Adam Schefter tweets out 18 minutes ago, a resolution. Instead of being released, Aaron Jones will be staying in Green Bay this season after the Packers and his agent, Drew Rosenhaus and Ryan Matha, reached an agreement on an $11 million salary for the 2023 season that includes an $8.52 million signing bonus. There you go. Hey, that Aaron Jones was probably number one on the list of guys to, to cut this season yep. coming up. And now he's back. reworking his deal to man. He was due $20 million. He's as a, a lot of money down to 11 million in the, in a new agreement. 
Packers will be keeping a playmaker. Yep, Aaron Jones back with the pack, and Drew Rosenhaus getting a little more richer. Weird. Is it weird that Aaron Jones' agent is Drew Rosenhaus? I'm not even throwing the Ryan Matha. Yeah, no one knows it's, who you it's are, It's all Ryan about Drew Rosenhaus. It's Drew Rosenhaus. It's Scott Boris. Yeah. It's not you. I think Matha's the guy that gets Rosenhaus' coffee. Is it weird that a Drew Rosenhaus client is taking less money? Yes. <laughs> yes, big time. That um, doesn't normally happen. It really does not. Uh, Aaron Jones, uh, I mean, he what, he signed a massive two-year, $130 million extension um, to put him in Green Bay for a while and then was going to maybe get released, now taking less well, money. Well, then they start restructuring his deal and restructuring his deal. Yeah. And- all of a sudden, heading into 2023, Aaron Jones is due $20 million against the cap. And then next, the following season, it's even heavier. Yeah. And I mean, you, they're, Aaron they're, Jones agreed to a pay cut. They're complaining in Dallas about Zeke making 15. Aaron Jones was due 20 before yeah. this. He, Aaron Jones just agreed to basically to a pay cut to stay with the Packers. No wonder he's the Walter Payton man of the year. He's the man of Wisconsin right now. If you missed it, Aaron Jones is... T- How about this? We have two different money things happening in Wisconsin sports. Aaron Jones is essentially taking a pay cut and staying with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he was... Uh, what, he signed a massive two-year, $130 million extension. And then Drew Rosenhaus, who is his, uh, his agent... And this is... Rowdy brought this up. How wild is that, Rowdy, that a Drew Rosenhaus guy took less money? Aaron Jones... Uh, reached an agreement of an $11 million salary for this upcoming season. He was due, what, was it 20? But yeah, he his, cap, his cap hit was 20. And now, obviously, they're getting it down. But according to some of the contracts that are coming out, you have Aaron Jones, who will take a $5 million pay cut, and he's restructuring on top of that. So they're going to kick a little bit of money down the road and Give him yeah. a five million dollar pay cut. So Jones is he back with back, baby. He's one of the most underutilized running backs. Uh, how good he is from Mike McCarthy to now Matt Lafleur. It's like why don't you use the guy more? And in fact, Lafleur halfway uh, quarter through the season was like, oh, I, I didn't know we only used him what's, what's two worse? or eight times. We gotta go look at the, 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 the real quick. What's worse? Is it a worse look for Big Mike or is it a worse look for Matt Lafleur? Because Lafleur when. Big Mike had Aaron Jones. He was an extremely young player. This was a guy that was no. Yeah, this was a guy that was drafted in the fifth round. Yeah. He's coming out of El Paso, UTEP. Like, what is this guy? Is he a fringe NFL player? Because I right. mean, being drafted in the fifth round means there's no guarantee in making this roster. Yeah. Well, then Big Mike has him in his first, you know, couple of years. Shows some promise, but they injured a little bit. Yeah, got beat up. They don't really necessarily want to run him through the tackles because he's small. He's a little thin. He's you know, five nine, two hundred pounds, whatever it is, put on a little bit of weight. <laughs> but now Matt Lafleur knows how talented he is because he saw what he could do with Big Mike. They've ran him more consistently, and he stayed relatively healthy. And then you would have figured that the year of all years, where he would be the focal point in twenty twenty two twenty three. Couldn't even remember how many times he touched the football. Yeah. And he's the guy calling plays. Well, we'll have to go back and look at the tape. Derp, 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 derp. It's on the floor. All right, so there's that. And then there's this. Aaron Rodgers about to go into the darkness. Oh, you think darkness is your ally? Mm. You merely adopted the dark. Mm. I was born in it. Molded by it. Mm. 
I didn't see the light until I was already a man. And by then, Rowdy? It's nothing to me but blinding. Blinding. There's that. I actually found audio of Aaron Rodgers' Vision Quest uh, drug dealer guy. You want to hear it? Here you go. This is actual Aaron Rodgers listening and talking to his spiritual guide. Vision Quest. You need to go on an Apache Vision Quest. It's a journey into the inner mind, a spiritual awakening. So I figured out which school to go to. Went into the woods, and five days later, a little spider with the face of Jeff Goldblum said, Go to BMS. It's a sacred tradition. Hell, even Jesus went on a vision quest. Forty days in the desert. I don't have 40 days. Of course you don't. That's what drugs are for. Somebody give my suitcase. There you go, Rowdy. Actual audio from Aaron Rodgers' guy. That's what drugs are for. Is that uh, fear and loathing in Las Vegas? No, that's a different. That's a it's, different briefcase. Uh, that is Blue Mountain State. Actually, you ever oh, watched that show? I had. I. It's been a long time. I know. Same. Great, great show. Uh, yes. Um, fear and loathing in Las Vegas. That's. Uh, well, there's some mescaline in there. I mean, there's every drug imaginable. There's even adrenochrome in uh, the suitcase, the briefcase, and fear and loathing in Las oh, yeah, Vegas. Yeah, it's a real thing. There's a patent for it. Yeah. But this, Aaron Rodgers uh, allegedly trying to simulate DMT to spend four nights in darkness. I, uh, or four days, excuse me, four days and nights. I don't know how it all works, but I can't wait to possibly hear about it when it's all said and done. I don't know. But on the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, uh, on a more serious note, God, and Bane is awesome, isn't he? Isn't Bane awesome? Wasn't Bane like one of the coolest Batman characters? I was pretty, you weren't a Bane guy? I was pretty let down by that movie. I thought it was, I mean, it wasn't good as the previous one, obviously. Like Heath Ledger's Joker, incredible. Bane, I mean, Tom Hardy cut the hell, dude. That guy was yoked. Yeah, but he wasn't really the bad guy. It ended up being the lady. Yeah, Ra's al Ghul's daughter, right? Spoiler alert, by the way. Bane was cool, though, but he, yeah, I needed more from Bane. Bane was a foot soldier. I needed a little more from Bane. I still thought the movie's badass. I needed a little more from Bane, but the voice was sick. Uh, but, Nelly, on the uh, Packers front of things, <laughs> Bane. <laughs> oh, darkness is your lie. Rowdy, uh, good news for the Packers. Aaron Jones taking less money to stay with the Packers. That's kind of a nice little domino for uh, the green and gold. Like that's, that's a superstar. That's a guy who is uh, huge on the offense who can, you know, good production. That's good news moving forward. Even if it is a Jordan love era coming up, right? Cause that's a piece like, isn't that your best piece right now? Aaron Jones on offense minus Aaron Rodgers. I mean, on paper. Yeah. Like but also on paper, it doesn't mean anything in real life because clearly the Packers weren't interested in getting Aaron Jones 20 touches every game. Yeah, it's, it's confusing, right? Like Aaron Jones is so good, yet the Packers never utilize him to how everyone thinks he should be utilized. So it's like, okay. Um, I don't know. What's the big question moving in then? I mean, besides what happens with Rodgers? Is it the wide receivers? Is it the tight end? Well, like the wide receiver cupboard's pretty bare. People aren't talking about this. Because maybe they don't understand the salary cap or like how some of the payments work. But Adrian Amos is an unrestricted free agent. The almost $8 million that they'll be paying him this year is be, is void years that they kicked down the road yeah. from what they've been doing the last couple years. So I know if you quickly pull up the roster, it shows Adrian Amos getting paid $7.9-ish million dollars. 
He's not actually on the roster. He's a free agent. Yeah. So safety is a huge question mark too. Right now on your roster, Adrian Amos is a free agent. Rudy Ford is a free agent. That uh, Dalian Levitt is a free agent. That leaves you with kind of some of the guys that were right in there as, as like your top four safeties. Three out of the four of them are are technically free agents. And you're left with Darnell Savage, who you're paying over 7.9 million. And you already kind of threw him in the slot last year because you're like, Hey, he's a better cover safety. We need to switch this up because it's, he's not playing well at the safety position. Yeah. Safety is the one that no one's talking about. Everybody knows that you could add to the wide receiver room. Everybody knows that the tight end room definitely needs new pieces. But no one's looking at the but safety But no one's position. looking at safety. And safety's a huge one. Plus, you can all always add on the offensive and defensive lines. Yes. You could, in theory, depending on what you do with Preston Smith, whether you cut him, restructure him, there's no way in hell you extend them, but those are kind of the three things that you look at. Yeah. Maybe you need, maybe you need to go draft another edge. I'm sure Rashawn Gary won't come back day one at a hundred percent. He's coming off of an ACL. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's lot, a of lot, questions. lot of question marks. And so, um, something a little bit's been freed up. So the Aaron Jones deal that happened uh, earlier this morning, that helps. And yeah. it, it was so, something that wasn't foreseen. Like no yeah, one saw Aaron Jones take a pay cut. Aaron Jones accepted a $5 million pay cut with the Packers for 2023. Uh, this is from sport track while also converting $8.52 million of salary and roster bonus into the signing bonus. So they say on SportsTrack, assuming a third void year was also added, this will open up $11.816 million of cap space for Green Bay and also keep their number one running back in the fold. So you have $11 million more, almost $12 million more of cap space. Now, Alle- allegedly. Aaron Jones' pay cut wasn't really on anyone's bingo sheet. No. The restructuring of Aaron Jones was on there. But this this is even more team friendly because as of right now, the, he both took a pay cut and restructured. But obviously, the pay cut doesn't have to be thrown into back end of deals. Yeah. So it's it's better than what was first perceived to be the move when adjusting Aaron Jones, whether that be restructure or cut. So that's a thumbs up. And then there's this: David Bakhtiari is owed nine point five million dollar bonus if he's on the roster on the third day of the league year, which will begin on March fifteenth. So he is a potential cut or restructure candidate. So I, that would be like the third time they restructure yeah. Bach, and he's already making like 20, I think it's twenty twenty three or twenty six million next year, and then the year after that he's making in the thirties. Yeah, if you crazy. if you restructure again, you're still kicking, <laughs> kicking, kicking, kicking. You're going to be paying him more than thirty million, and. I think you leave him alone and it all depends on what they can do because right now I think your musts, your musts are restructure Jair who just got the new contract, probably restructure Kenny Clark again, but it's one of the easier moves to do. You already did the Aaron Jones deal. I, I It's got to be re-sign Rashawn Gary. Like you were going to want him back for yeah. what the type of player he was, but mm-hmm. he's coming off of a, an ACL, probably get him for a little bit cheaper you got to figure out your edge rushing because right now it's Preston Smith who's only getting older and older. It's Rashawn Gary who is coming off an ACL and he needs a new deal. Mm-hmm. It's Kingsley and who played pretty well, especially being a fifth round pick out of nowhere. 
uh, that, that looks like a good pick. But then all your other guys are like Justin Hollins was a guy they picked off the street. He's a fr- free agent. Um, Jonathan Garvin is coming to the last year of his deal. So this will be the last year where he's on your, like you need to start to have some plans here. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're working. I mean, Aaron Jones has got it worked, so we'll see what happens. And then there's this, our guy. Uh, you, oh, one of the other moves that you could do. So yeah. you can go right down. It's like some of the easy, basic ones were like extend Rashawn Gary, uh, restructure Jair, who just got a new deal. So it's not like you got to punt a ton of different uh, millions into back end. Like it's, it's pretty flat structure right now. So you have a lot of ability to kick stuff backwards. Uh, Kenny Clark still under contract for a while can still kick things backwards. And it's not as major as like, I don't know, guys like Aaron Jones and Bakhtiari. Well, they already adjusted Aaron Jones. Bakhtiari is on that list. Preston Smith is on that list. Devondre Campbell is on that list. Uh, Rasul Douglas is on that list. It's a lot of the guys that got big time contracts in the last few years. Mm -hmm. And then the one trade Darnell Savage. Cause you can free up like roughly half of the money that he's due, which is just, just under $8 million. So it's, it's nearly $4 million that you can free up by trading him. Yeah. But if you do, you then have zero out of your top four safeties on the roster. <laughs> and like, <laughs> th- like some of the only guys left at the safety position are like Vernon Scott, who was like a sixth year yeah. or sorry, a sixth round pick out of TCU a couple of years ago that, um, by the way, is a decent special teams guy, but at the same time when he got out there due to injury, when they weren't as deep at safety, the only thing I remember about him is absolutely getting trucked by Derrick Henry when he came up to try and tackle him. That's like, that's, but that's like where you're at, at the safety position. If you trade Savage and Savage is like your number one guy right now, safety is not being talked about, but it is bad. All right. Speaking of bad rowdy, well, remember this a couple of years ago when um, the U or no the AAF, the AAF was around. The Packers had the most former players in the littered in the AAF. It was you like, know they have the most in the XFL now. Well, right where I was going. <laughs> uh, we just uh, the King, one of our listeners, hit me up this morning on it. And I I was saving it. There will be seventeen former Green Bay Packers st- uh, set to start on the XFL's opening weekend. Here, uh, they also say Brett Hundley is expected to be in the bench. But uh, for the seventeen, the names though are like so- now for the people that rip Brian Gutekunst. Most of these guys that are showing up on the AAF and now te- the XFL, yeah. there's a lot of the same guys, and they're a lot of Ted Thompson Ted, guys. Yeah. So Ted Thompson, when AAF was in its short existence, the Packers had the most AAF players. And Salt Lake Stallions, The baby. Salt Lake Stallions were huge with the Packers. This right here, uh, the Arlington Renegades have five former Packers. Let me know if you remember any names. Keith Ford. Yep. Uh, Sal Canella. Nope. Tight end. George Moore, uh, George Moore, left tackle. Couldn't tell you. Aaron uh, Aaron Adoyo. Adoye. A-D-E-O-Y-E. I don't even know how to say Is he name. offensive lineman? He's a, he's a uh, outside linebacker. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Josh Hawkins. Do you remember him? Yeah. That was, that's on the uh, Arlington Renegades. The D.C. Defenders. Tight end Ethan Wolf. Guard Cody Conway. Defensive end, Fadol Brown. Striking out on a lot of these. One more on the defenders. Safety, Kentrell Bryce. Okay, that's yeah, a known one. one. Here you go. The Las Vegas Vipers, Marwin Evans, safety. And then you'll know this name. It's all about those Iowa girls, Rowdy, that drip, drop. Geronimo. Wide, Geronimo Allison, baby. Let's go. Uh, who else? 
he got a uh, workout with the Packers. Remember at the end of the season this year on the Orlando guardians, there's one D uh, tackle Gerard Willis. Uh, San Antonio Brahmas have the uh, Elise Mack tight end. Okay. He was brought in by Goody. Uh, let's see here. And then there's a defensive end, Delonte Scott. A lot of those guys, since I have absolutely no idea who they are, I feel like we're brought in during training camps. Yeah, yeah. But it's crazy to me that there are still like Kentrell Bryce and some of these other guys are still holdovers from like the Ted Thompson, yeah, Wales Mike still McCarthy era, like 15, 16, 17. They're still playing football. Michael Menitz, you know that name? Dominic Eberly. He was a kicker they had for uh, they brought him in for camp to battle with uh, Mason Crosby. And then finally, there's Darius Shepard on the St. Louis Battlehawks. Then that's it. And Brent Hundley and Jack Cohn is going to be He's a Packer. I would say just off the top of my head, at least five of those guys are still Ted Ted Thompson guys from like 15 to 17. Yeah, it's crazy. They're still hanging on. (laughs) They're still hanging on. But hey, you know what? If you're a guy that all you did your entire life is played football, and you go out there and make like 60. It's 60K. Yeah, you make 60 grand. From training camp to the end of the season, you can make up to sixty grand. And then some of those guys, depending on when they when they come in and, and into like the uh, summer practices, or they bring into like the the fall camps and the preseasons, they get paid for that too. Yeah, like it's not like they're doing it for free. No, they might walk away with twenty, thirty grand from practicing for a couple months. Then you go and play in this type of league, you're still walking away with like eighty grand. I would bet that a lot of those guys that are out there playing still, even if they're in their early 30s at this point, they're making more money at 80 grand than they could if they walked into a business and said, I need a job. So yeah, I I understand 100%.